BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Wow, Matt, fellow adventurers. We are back with Sir Crokington. We are back on Songard Island. As unsensible idea as that may be. Because it's a very dangerous place. But last time we were there, we learnt there's a tangled bog wherein some secret will be revealed. But we have to find the tangled bog first. It's somewhere in these jagged hills, which we're going to keep exploring. Oh, and there it is. Here we are. This is the Tangled Bog. We can go then there whenever we want, because it's not going to move around. Because this isn't Zarthmoor. If it was Zarthmoor, maybe it could move around. But this is regular old Tysa. Bogs don't move around. So once you've found them, and if you pay attention, you can go back. While exploring a particularly rugged region of the jagged hills, you arrive at the edge of a vast and tangled bog. Investigate the bog, of course. And this is another explorable area. Cautiously make your way into the bog, following a narrow, winding trail. And wanders through the tangled and perilous mire. Explore a tangled bog. Exploring a tangled bog in the jagged hills. You discovered this tangled mire while exploring the jagged hills. Strange gurgling noises can be heard rising out. The pools of murky water that serve to make navigating this bog an extremely perilous undertaking. Here we go. Your exploration of this vast and tangled mire is brought to an abrupt halt when the sound of something moving out of a nearby undergrowth sends your pulse racing. You spin in the direction of the ominous sound and find yourself facing a group of more the, a group of the more fearsome denizens of the tangled bog. It's the blood thieves. These large, black, flying, wasp-like insects a third of the size of the human, are aggressive and deadly predators. Blood thieves seek to suck the blood of their foes after injecting them with paralysing venom capable of immobilising man-sized prey. Now and again, horrific tales involving massive swarms of these vile creatures are heard. Only those unfortunate. For, the, for only those unfortunate to witness such a fearsome spectacle can truly appreciate the tear, sheer terror an encounter inspires. Well, let's smash these. The hideous hovering blood fees thrust their sharp pointed snouts at you. Uh, um, um, look, look, I kind of... If I could spare enough blood for one of you... But then you'll just kill each other, so... 
So I've got to kill a lot of you. Sorry. You know, so, so you don't end up fighting. You've slain your foes. 6XB. You spend a few moments following your victory, checking over your equipment and catching your breath. Last, convinced you're no longer in any immediate peril, which is as much as you can hope for on Sarnguard, you once again resume your exploration of the bog. Keep exploring. Something's coming out of the undergrowth. Three more blood thieves. Just stab, stab, stab. I stab them, they stab me, but I stab better. Something comes. Two blood grubs. These, the pale grey blood grub, with its massive set of long black pincers, is a truly revolting sight. Hey! Don't judge the monsters! This fearsome predator, born in the size of a small dog, moves much more swiftly than its bulky, writhing torso might otherwise suggest. Blood grubs use their pincers to seize their prey, which is any living thing within striking distance, and then proceed to attach their round mouth to the victim's flesh and suck out its grub. Blood grubs can be found in many environments, including forests, swamps, lakes, rivers and caves. And bogs. Food they can be encountered alone, the there are tales abound. Adventures who have unwittingly stumbled into a nest of these deadly voracious creatures. A blood grub may sometimes include a selgleweb, a female blood grub. Selgleweb's are typically twice the size of an ordinary blood grub, which make an encounter with one a rather frightening proposition. I don't know if I've ever actually encountered a selgleweb. Maybe we just called it a large blood grub and we weren't really paying attention to our ideology at the time. Alright. There we are. Stepity stab, stepity stab, stepity stab. Alright, keep exploring. Nothing of interest that time. Something against my pulse racing. Three door books. Those are the angry trees. The fierce stomachs swipe at you with their broad limbs. I'll just go give them a reason to be angry. And dead. 6xp. Well, since they're dobbo, they might not stomach. They might not stay dead. They might just grow around it. Or they might grow into two dobbooks. It's after all I'm not quite familiar with. How Dormuks work. Because they're not the sign of people who just tell you. Because you'll probably use it to kill them. Alright, and that was 6xp. You explore far and wide across the vast and tangled mire. You discover nothing of any particular interest. Exploring, something comes. Three dragon beetles. These grey-shelled beetles can roar as loud as a dragon. Unfortunately, they can also breathe fire. That's not particularly good. Well, unless they weren't my friends, but I don't think these ones are. The dragon beetles roar as they surge forward and attack. We're engulfed by the flames of enemies attack for eight damage, but they're still slain. Wasn't that hot a flame? Five XP from that. Something comes, it's a carnage crawler. It snaps its powerful jaws at you. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Three tusk terrors. What are tusk terrors? These large red and green beetles have thick, multi layered shell and a heavily armoured head from which protrudes five long, sharp tusks. These aggressive carnivores will attack upon will attack upon sight. <clears throat> Maybe you should chill down that. Hmm? You know? Oh you attack things you seriously are considering eating? Just a suggestion anyway. You're dead now. 
and 7 XP for that. Well, maybe that will learn you. Something comes. Three more blood thieves. Gonna swap these out of the sky. Painful enemy curses through me. And so on. Another 6 XP. Another Tusk Terror. And now it's a Tusk Terrorized. Or a Tusk Terror Firma, because it's underground or something like that. Something comes, four more blood thieves. Keep going, keep going. Pain racks your body as the venom of your enemy pours courses through your veins. For 12 damage. Hmm. I mean, is it really sensible to put venom in the blood you're just about to drink? I mean, I guess they could probably be immune to it, but still. Hmm. Oh well. That's lame. Yeah, maybe they only use venom when they're sure it's self-defense. Alright, here's another Domok. Stab, 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 stab. There we go. Alright, three more. And I'll just pause for something to turn up. Because I think I just gotta keep exploring until I find these ruins or something. Or is it a tomb? Something like that. Anyway, whatever it is that I'm looking for, here's a Carnage Crawler. Not what I'm looking for. Very few people are looking for Carnage Crawlers because they are bad news. Two greater Dobbooks. Hey, Dominic grabs hold of you, entangling in its thick branches and shakes you violently for 13 damage. But he's still slain for another 6 XP. Two dragon beetles, just quick combat those. Quite a variety of foes here. For some place you're just going to visit for a few minutes and then forget about. I think some of the, I think most of them you've seen elsewhere, but still, they're, they're more work than you had to put into this. I mean, you could have just said, here's the path. Another blood grub. Or maybe it's a silver rib. Mm hmm. Four tax terrors. Okay, I'm gonna pause now and wait for something new to turn up. And we finally found it. Exploring a tangled bog in the hills. I found an underground lair. I can go back to them there whenever. You stand on a wide stretch of ground in the midst of a jungle of ferns. Near the very heart of the tangled bog. The stone ruins of an ancient structure lie scattered across this broad, stony swath of earth. On the eastern side of this patch of ground, near two collapsed pillars, discover a set of worn stone steps descending into darkness. You are certain you have at last found the ruins that Thane Poland has asked you to explore. Well then, explore I shall. With your light source casting its glow upon the time-worn mossy steps, you cautiously descend into darkness. After counting 25 stairs, you arrive at the base of the steps and find yourself at the southern end of a wide, musty, gloom-filled passage. Alright, there's quite a lot more dungeon to go. You're standing at the foot of the stairs that lead up and out of the musty, gloom-filled underground lair. A broad passage leads north from here, disappearing to darkness after only a few yards. I'm sort of in the southwest corner. Alright. Cool breezes drift along the dark, twisting passages of this underground lair. Now and again, you encounter ankle-deep water and parts of the stone corridor. Reminding you, these wounds are slowly 
and continuously sinking into the mire that surrounds them. Alright. As you round the corner of the passage, you stop dead in your tracks. Standing in the middle of the corridor, only a few yards from you, are two figures cloaked in the dense gloom that fills the underground lair. Both figures turn to face you as you step forward, casting your pool of light over them. You are shocked to discover that, that while one is a world's human, though his broad hood conceals his place, the other is a sword-wielding Tazar. Well, one is human for now, anyway. Without warning, Tazar hisses and starts towards you. His sword poised to strike. The world human turns and dashes past you, fleeing towards the stairs that brought you down into this place. As he draws near, Tazar mutters something, and his blade bursts into flame. Okay, I've got some options. One, nah, just have to fight them later. Fight, use telekinesis or use archery. Mm, telekinesis. Succeeded. Ace speeds to telekinesis. You summon your power of telekinesis and aim a powerful blast of telekinetic energy at your advancing foe. The force of your invisible attack sends the Tazar sprawling downwards onto the floor, eliciting a painful shriek from the fierce reptilian. Seizing upon this opportunity, you leap forward and attack. You throw yourself at the wounded Tazar, attempting to gain advantage of your vicious reptilian foe. Begin combat. Oh, I can subdue it. I guess I'll give it a shot. The Tazar warrior slashes at you with his flaming sword. You're engulfed by the flames of your enemy's attack again for 9 damage. Then 13 damage, then 7 damage, then 12 damage, then 14 damage. Ooh, it's a lot of fire. But it is subdued. 22 XP, severely battered, and soundly defeated, the exhausted Tazar slumps to the floor at your feet. You're about to lean down and question the vicious creature when his body is suddenly engulfed in flame. Well, we assume he is. Hard to tell with snakes. Stepping back and shielding your face against the intense heat given off by the crimson fire, you watch as Cesar's body is speedily reduced to little more than a heap of ash. All that has survived is the fierce blade. It's as Cesar's longsword. Well, considering what we've just seen, that is obviously fireproof. It's a well-crafted longsword, so I'll take it. And I think all that fire would have burnt any curse off. Also, only the Nanawook curse their weapons. Normal Cesar to stab you with them. You, may, you remain on your guard next to the smouldering pile of ashes for several minutes in case the Snake Man's human cohort should return. When it becomes apparent that no such return is intimate, you check over your equipment and promptly set off on your way along the corridor. Okay, there's something to the north. Well, several somethings. Here's the first of them. Your progress along the passage is brought to an abrupt halt as something large looms into view out of the shadows ahead. Alright, that makes me heal. You sound disbelief at the massive, towering being of stone and iron. Standing in the middle of the corridor, less than 10 yards from you, a giant construct, easily the size of an ogre, moves rapidly as it slowly turns its square-headed, square-shaped head from side to side. This strange and terrifying creature, most likely of magical origin, appears to be guarding the passage. Suddenly, the construct turns in your direction and stomps towards you raising its massive fists as it advances threateningly towards you. Well, I could run, but obviously I'm going to fight. With surprising swiftness, the towering stone and metal construct, its iron plates marred and corroded, stomps forward and attacks. 
swiping out with its massive fists. It's a stone and metal construct. Alright. This hulking stone and metal construct smashes you with its massive fists. Okay, keep stabbing. Stabity stab, 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 stab. Devastating blow for 26 damage. Another devastating blow for 29 damage. Okay. And this is now slain. 73 XP. You leap back as the defeated stone and iron construct topples forward, striking the floor of the passage with the reverberating thud. <laughs> the fearsome be Bethemoth, Bethemoth, however that said, smashes, in, smashes into several pieces that scatter across the breadth of the corridor. So taking a few moments to search through the debris, you once again prepare to set off on your way. Okay, there's alcoves to the north and to the west. I'll go west first. A large plate of iron has been set in the centre of the floor of this small alcove. An intricate and accurate engraving of Sangard Isle adorns the broad metal plaque. Okay, and the North Alcove. You're standing at a bend in a musty, gloom-filled corridor. Before you, blocking the way to the north, north is a large circular stone portal. The two halves of this massive stone disc are drawn tightly together, effectively sealing off whatever lies beyond. A sizable, hand-shaped impression adorns the centre of this closed portal. Spanning both sides of the split disc. Examine the door closely. You step closer and carefully examine the closed stone portal. Several elaborate engravings upon its smooth surface depict large, hawking beings of metal and stone standing next to a home to Zal. To Zal, gabbed in flowing. Garbed in flowing worms, holds up two lengthy staffs. You study the hand-shaped impression set in the middle of the portal. Portal spans both of the both of your its halves, and able to tell it's quite a bit larger than your hands, even in my human form. What happens if I place my hand in my impression? As your hand draws to the surface of the door, it is subtly and forcefully repelled. Alright, I need something to make my hand bigger. Alright, let's go south. Maybe something will turn up. Alright. Got to where I thought that, thought that snake. Go a bit more southwest. Southeast. Progress on the passage is brought to an abrupt halt. And something large zooms into view as the shadows ahead. You stare in disbelief at the massive towering being of stone and iron standing in the middle of the corridor less than 10 yards from you. The giant construct, easily the size of an ogre, moves rapidly as it slowly turns its square-shaped head from side to side. This strange and terrifying creature, most likely of magical origin, appears to be guarding the passage suddenly. The construct turns in your direction and stomps towards you, raising its massive fists as it advances threateningly towards you. Hold your ground and engage the massive construct. Alright, let's fight another one of these. With surprising swiftness, the towering stone and metal construct, its iron plates marred and corroded, stomps forward and attacks, swiping out at you with its massive fists. Alright, help me, Frog Amulet. Smashes with his massive fists. Devastating blow for 36 damage. Alright, another one. 26 damage. 37 damage from that devastating blow. Alright, right, I'm pulling in the lead. And it is slain. 30, 73 experience. You leap back 
as his defeated stone and iron construct topples forward, striking the floor of the passage with the reverberating thud. The fearsome Beth Behemoth. Behemoth? Yeah, Behemoth. That's, that's what it sounds like. Smashes into several pieces that scatter across the breadth of the corridor. Take a few moments to search through the debris you once again prepare to set off on your way. Alright. Alright, getting closer to the southeast corner. Here's one alcove that goes to it. A broad plate of iron fixed to the north wall of this section of the passage bears a detailed engraving that depicts a multitude of massive metal and stone constructs standing in rows. The constructs stand before an open circular portal. To the right of the constructs, holding up two lengthy staves, is a home tazor clad in flowing robes. Alright, where am I going to get two lengthy staves? Alright, it's another one of those constructs. Alright, I'm just going to heal myself first, then I'll just fight it regularly. It Surprising swiftness, the towering stone and metal construct. Its iron place is marred and corroded. Stomps forward and attacks, swiping out at you with his massive fists. Smashes you with his massive fists. A couple of devastating blows for 28 damage each. Alright, and then one for 25 damage, one for 24 damage, one for 26 damage. One for 18 damage, but she's just still slain for another 73 XP. Once again, prepare to set off on your way. Alright, what's what's the other side of the southeast corner? A long A long lever protrudes from the south wall of this alcove. Okay, uh, well that sign I guess so. I guess those those two staffs could be the levers. Pull it up. Pull the lever into the up position. Pull it into the up position. It's another set of levers. Okay. Now, now I'm close. Now I'm closer to the northeast side. But there's another construct in the way. Just going to fight that quickly. Before it devastatingly blows me to smithereens. Which it's really trying to do. But I got it first. 73 XP. You leap back. As the defeated stone and iron construct topples forward. Striking the floor of the passage with the reverberating thud. The fearsome Benamoth smashes its several pieces. That scatter across the breadth of the corridor. Take a few moments to search through the debris. You once again prepare to set off on your way. Alright. Oh, it's another construct just before this northeast corner. Just gonna quick combat that. It took off a lot of HP, but it's still gone with 73 XP. Well, SP, not HP. Once again, prepare to set off on your way. Just quickly heal from that. Well, even if I did want to have Never Reserve, I could always just pop back down to the keep. You step into an iron walled alcove at the northern end of the passage. Intricate etchings adorn the surface of the rugged metal walls. Depicting a home tazor, clad in flowing robes, holding up two lengthy staves. To the wise of the side is an etching of what appears to be a large wooden chair, possibly a throne. In the centre of the alcove, standing upon a raised plinth, is a carved stone pedestal. Resting atop the pedestal, a pair of silver mesh gloves. Hmm. Those will make my hands bigger. The gloves, fashioned out of a mesh of thin silver strands, 
Seems to have been made for a hand slightly larger than your own. One that apparently bore pronounced claws. Well, since they're there, I'll take them. The moment your fingers brush against a pair of silver mesh gloves, you feel renewed and invigorated. With no reason to believe the gauntlets were harmful anyway. Well, they were associated with Tazal, so that's reason enough. You promptly take them into your possession. After carefully examining the pedestal and the west of the alcove, you turn and make your way back into the passage to the south. Okay, I'm going to put these gauntlets on. The silver mesh gauntlets. These extra, which provide, they are magical. They provide one MR, one agility, one body, one might. You're pretty much never going to equip them for the stats. These extraordinary gauntlets have been fashioned out of thin but exceedingly strong mesh of silver strands. You feel strangely invigorated in the presence of this finely crafted headwear. The tips of the fingers of these remarkable gloves seem to have been made for hands slightly larger than your own. A hand that also bore pronounced claws. Alright, so we know that about at least this Tazar's hands. They were bigger than regular human hands. And they had claws. Alright, I'm going to equip, equip these silver mesh gauntlets. Now. That has risen my mirror racing by one, but that doesn't particularly matter because the mirror racing right now is way higher than it has to be to make everything here a free plus. Alright. Place my hand in the impression, circular door, which is split in two. 128 experience to general. With the silver mesh gauntlets equipped, you reach forward and press your hand into the impression that spans both halves, halves of the closed circular stone portal. It's a perfect fit. A shudder runs up your arms as both sides of the stone portal begin to slowly retreat into the walls, exposing a blinding, golden light from beyond floods out into the passage. Withdraw your hand as the portal continues to open and quickly shield your eyes from the dazzling glow. As you step back, four large hawking shapes appearing as black silhouettes against the golden radiance emerge from the open portal and step into the hall. Hmm. I don't think these are here to get here just to say hi. And possibly share share a toast. I think it's more to punch my block off. As the light slowly begins to fade, you'll find yourself nearly surrounded by four of the stone and iron constructs you discovered elsewhere in this ancient mysterious lair. Unlike those you've previously encountered, however, these constructs bear not even a hint of time or decay. Were they just made now? Maybe. The four stone and metal behemoths, behemoths, move slowly in upon you as thin tines of golden energy crackle over the surface of their massive fists. Suddenly, the construct hold their advance and turn back towards the open portal, as if they are waiting for something to happen. Then, after only a moment or two, they once again begin to close around you. The four construct have you surrounded. Well, why do we let that happen, you silly boo? Flight from these fearsome Benamoths is not possible. Alright, if my magic was better, I would have options. I could use telekinesis, shadow magic or illusion. If I've got them all to 70 plus, but 
really, I was, I'm playing the, I'm playing this adventure a little bit out of order because this stuff is pretty late game. You want to at least have the first five proving grounds finished. And I've done quite a lot of other stuff too. Before before you risk going to Sangard Island. But I got cocky because of all my stats from all these limited time events, giving me things like uh, a lot of like a ridiculous amount of adventurer tokens from the Wheel of Cubes, the Red Egg stuff, this Holly Pendant from a couple of Christmases back. Blood Sky Wing from Twin Moon Bracelet from Christmas Iron Frog Amulet from just now and the Blittering Glittering Ice Shield from just playing the game for a long time and exploring the Cave of the Ice Troll about 40 times so, my stats are well above my skills. So I can easily handle the foes, but not the checks. So I can, I can, uh, so considering my magic is so unexpectedly weak, although of course I could. If I wanted to, I could just cash in all my general experience and level them up, but well, I can't quit now because there's no way. So I could hold my grounds and engage the fearsome construct, or attempt to communicate with the construct. Okay, I'll try to communicate. Calling upon your knowledge and skill, you hastily attempt to communicate with the hulking construct to tell them that you mean them no harm. Honestly, I don't think they care about that. They probably care more that I'm going to harm whatever's hiding at the back of this hiding at the back of this womb behind them. Which I'll probably which I probably want to steal or break or copy or something. Anyway, so picking a number. Bonus of fifty-five. Fifteen from law. 19 from Arcania, 18 from Diplomacy. Got to get 100 or more to possibly convince them not to kill me. Pick now. 91. Failure. I, I don't even know if that could have worked. I'm going to check the wiki. Oh, I've just checked. If you had passed that, you could have convinced two of them to hang back. You still have to fight the other two, though. Alright. They stomp towards me. The first of the four stone and iron constructs stomps forward and attacks, striking out at you with massive electrified fists. I guess the they're just so big you can't really fit two of them in these corridors. Stone and metal construct. The hulking stone and metal construct smashes you with its energy entwined fists. The massive construct shudders as its metal fists suddenly emit a fierce golden glow. You sense the construct is slowly increasing its strength. Hey, could you teach me that? It's doing it again. It's increasing its strength, but. It's got a long way to go before it even starts to get close to being a 4 plus. Because apparently they start off just 1 1 1. Three, 9 plus at 1 1 1 MR 
so they're going to have to wise it by more than a hundred <laughs> to actually threaten me. Oh well, they are slow. 73 XP. The second of the ice iron construct is quickly upon you, swiping out with its massive energy entwined fists. Alright, they're the same. And gone. The third iron 73 XP. The third iron construct stomps towards you. Raising, raising its massive fists as it draws within melee range. Do, do, do. Yeah, it does the smashing, does the strengthening, and I keep on stabbing. And it is stabbed to death, or disconstruction, or whatever. 73 XP. The fur construct collapses to the ground at your feet. Sending up a cloud of dust that momently envelops you. When the air is cold or clear, you're surprised, but please, let's go on. The fourth and last of the constructs has also collapsed. Don't know how that happened. All around you, lying in moving heaps, the remains of the fearsome stone and metal constructs. Now and again, the corridor is filled with the loud crackles. As thin tines of golden energy dance across the iron surfaces of their broad torsos. Stepping carefully past the fallen construct, you make your way up to the open portal and peer through it. Your eyes fall upon a cylindrical metal wall chamber beyond. You cautiously step through the open stone portal and into the circular chamber that once lay hidden beyond it. Broad, smooth sheets of metal cover the curved walls of the womb, rising to meet the plated ceiling nearly 20 feet overhead. Hmm. If we only went down 20 steps, then this should be. This should be sticking up a bit. Hmm. I don't know, they're probably. Maybe they're bigger steps than normal. But it, it could well be sticking up a bit. Especially since we're going to have a bit of the thickness of the actual ceiling. Mm. Oh wait, before oh, we know we've been sloping down, the slope's been sloping up. Plenty of ways there, plenty of ways around that. A stone pedestal stands in the centre of the room. The wide, flat top of which bears an elaborate engraving of Sangard Island. Behind the pedestal, set into the thick blocks of stone that make up the floor, is a marred iron slab. You're about to step forward and examine the pedestal, when suddenly the entire chamber shudders and a loud rumble fills the air. You stand back and watch as amazement as the heavy iron slab slides back into the floor, revealing a dark opening out of this opening, slowly and steadily, rises a large and ornate wooden throne. You cautiously examine the wooden throne, discover it is made out of ash wood. Elaborate, elaborate iron inlays decorate the arms and sides of the grand chair, and serve to give it a majestic, if Somewhat sinister appearance. Alright, I've quite a few options here. Sit upon it, or don't sit upon it. But before I do that, I can investigate it using divination, thievery, law, or carnia. Mm. Law. I'll use law. 4xp to law. After carefully examining the throne, you determine that while it is likely magical in nature, it does not appear to be of malevolent design. Well, that doesn't mean it's not of a malevolent use. Okay, okay, I'm going to sit on it then. Just wonder how comfy it is. It says upon the ashen throne. 
The moment you sit upon the throne, your thoughts become 1024 experience to general. The moment you sit upon the throne, your thoughts become jumbled and your mind begins to waste. Your head, as your head starts to clear, a vivid impression takes form in front of you, one that leaves you bewildered and breathless. A walled city with thick plumes of black smoke rising over its battlements looms into view, taking shape amidst the vast and lush forest. Broad arcs of lightning cut across the sky above the city, with each blinding flash, the towering and sinister silhouettes of three figures plainly visible. The three silhouetted figures standing before the city's walls stretch out their arms towards one another. Only a split second before the vision abruptly disappears. You feel somewhat different as you rise to your feet and step away from the ashen throne. Alright. 256 experience to all skills and powers and 1024 experience to general Woo, that's a lot of experience very quickly you step back towards the pedestal and gaze about at your surroundings as you attempt to determine whether or not anything is anything significant has changed well considering this is Sarngard I May never know. A loud rumble fills the alcove as the Ashwood phone slinks slowly, slinks back into the floor. As you are late, back of the large phone disappears from view. The marred iron slab once again rises into place, sealing off any further access to the massive chair. As you turn around, Preparing to step out of the chamber, your eyes are drawn to the small circular object resting at the base of the pedestal. You lean down and examine it more closely, to put on a surprise discovery is a platinum coin. You reach down and swiftly swoop up the coin. Well, that's the third of them. This small platinum coin is covered with engraved images. One side features seven small engraved stars while the opposite side bears bears the intricately engraved image of an island in Mr. Waging Sea after making a quick search of the alcove I determined there was nothing of, else of interest here you decided you should at once make your way back to the keep report what you have discovered here to Thane Porridge Something tells you he will take keen interest in your findings. With that, you step out of the alcove. Alright, let's go back to the Thane. By which, of course, I mean Milanor. Who is who the Thane is here. Alright. Back to the Jackson Hills. Back to the hole. Back to Sangar Keep. Take a chance to save. Alright, and now I can re-equip my... My regular... My regular stuff. My bone gauntlets of vigour. Which will rise all my main stats to 20, which is why I have it equipped. Even if it did cost me 1 mil... Even if it did cost me 1 mil waiting to do, which is worth it, really. Got it. It's more mechanically optimum to have your stats at the start as such that you don't have to do any of that stuff. Well, to the West Camp. Visit Milanor's tent. Thane Borrand, known to everyone else on the island as Milanor, is actually in command of a large force of mercenaries that have already scored considerable successes against the Nanowoc north of the Outer Markers. Oh, I bet the fame, I bet the fame misses this. Good old 
goblin fighting. None of that. Ooh, you don't know who the bad guys are. None of that pretending to be something you're not and having to, you know, do trials and stuff. No, no, when it's goblins, you could just say, is that a goblin? Yes. Stop. <laughs> That's all you have to do. A lot more, a lot simpler. The thane welcomes you to tent and immediately asks if you have anything to report. The thane listens with great interest as you relate to him all that you discovered while exploring the underground ruins of the island in the mist of the bog. Your description of the ashen throne and the vision you had in the metal ward, cylindrical chamber, causes him to straighten up in his chair. He leans forward with both hands resting firm, firmly resting on his knees. It may surprise you to learn, but much of what you have told me is as I expected it might be, he says, leaning back in his chair and sighing heavily. There are busy days to come, my friend, and dangerous nights between them. I will say nothing more of this just yet, but you must be ready. For I shall soon have need to call up, call again upon you. I am afraid it will be a task of importance. A related peril is certain to no few peers. Thane Poland meets you on a shoulder cross and tells you he has never been so heartened to be able to call you an ally. Without your courage and dedication, of course he would already be lost, he says. Are you a profound depth, friend? I dare say I'm not the only one, even though I'm the only one to ever know. At length, you bid the Thane farewell, promising to return to him often. In the event, the important mission you alluded to is set to begin. And this mission is the Dungeons of Sarngard, which I'm guessing is what we'll do in the next episode. But... Until then, farewell, fellow adventurers.